Hello and welcome to the latest episode of EM Insider with me, Chris Slowly, and as always, Raphael Cassin, who is joining us from Brazil. Raphael, how are you doing? Hi, Chris. Happy to be here again. How Fantastic. are you? I'm good, thank you. This is a, a change of pace. You were last, the, if those people who follow all the Citywide podcasts, you catch Raphael on Mistakes Were Made, which comes out through our US team, but is also used on Selector, where you're an excellent insight into some of the challenges you've had throughout your career. But let's bring things right up to speed now. Where are we in the emerging markets? What's the performance like? And what's worth investors being on top of? Well, we're in November, right, Chris? So I think uh, it's fair to, to comment on the 5th of November, uh, of which, is, which is the day when the MB Global, which is a sovereign index, uh, started to outperform the SEMBI, which is the corporate index year to date. Um, and I've been talking about this all along. I mean, the, up to yesterday, the MB Global was down uh, 0.86%. So we're, we're getting close to my prediction of flat to 5% performance this year. I, I don't think we're going to be at the 5% level, but one never knows how December comes. Um, but more importantly is that the corporate index as of yesterday was down about 1.19%. Um, yesterday being... November the 11th, just for people listening later yes. than this. So, yeah. Yes. And, and on the 5th, and, and, but, and just for reference, the, the local continues to underperform, and I think it's going to continue to do that. The GBIEM, uh, it was down two and a quarter percent yesterday. Um, so, okay, why is this all interesting to me? I mean, I've been talking, drumming about why I like sovereigns better than corporates for a long time. Um, and I think the underperformance of the sovereign sector in the last couple of years has come because there have been quite a few so large sovereign events, meaning, you know, losses um, due to defaults or restructuring. And so on the 5th of December, somebody went out there, lit the match, and here we go. You know, sovereigns are back up on the positive side. Maybe, maybe that's the sign of things to come. Uh, you know, maybe sovereigns will continue to do well. And, and I think that's, that's important to keep an eye on. I think the, you know, what that highlights to me is the concept of having corporate analysts yeah. uh, within an asset management firm. I mean, it's very difficult for somebody to predict what was going to happen with Evergrande. Um, and to make it more interesting is the fact that first they defaulted, you know, so the roller coaster, and then, uh, and then pain. Uh, the interest within the grace period, and then some other companies that were not expected to default going out and, and not paying. And there's this uncertainty about who, we, who will pay and who will not. And, and, and I guess as a segue, you know, as from last, uh, or from this and from last uh, conversation we had, China on a long-term uh, basis, I think is a fantastic investment. It, you know, yeah. it's always been and always will be just considering the fundamentals. Uh, but on a short-term basis, there's a lot of uncertainty, and it makes you wonder how many analysts you you need to have in order to have you know to read the crystal ball on on what the government will do or who will pay. So I think that, that that's an area that it may be that the knife has fallen quite a lot, um, but I think it's important to to follow up on that you know because this corporate model might be struggling. Absolutely. Well. I think that reminds me of being in a room with BlackRock and we were talking about Brexit rather than emerging markets, but they said markets hate uncertainty and this is uncertainty on steroids. And the fact that China is now proven to be slightly harder to read than people thought. Everyone thought it was maturing in a certain way and it was moving to sort of Western analyst expectations. 
we're now seeing perhaps, and we talked about this before, a change in reputational risk. People perhaps don't trust Chinese corporates and since they're such a big part of the emerging market complex, maybe is it too much of a leap to say that's having an effect on people's hopes for emerging corporates as a whole? I, I would bet yes. Uh, and that's why we, we, you know, we've seen uh, indices not doing so well because of that. And I, I, think, I think the uncertainty makes people uncomfortable. So if the sovereigns are coming back, where's good? Should we go around the houses? Should we look at what markets are actually standing out and where are the difficulties? Let's, let's go positive first. What's, what's worth looking at at the moment? Well, I think the positive side or the positive uh, point is, is that the big elephant in the room uh, since the 2008 crisis has, for emerging debt has been interest rates. Sure. We've had a few, few crises here and there, right? Um, but in 2000, after 2008, we had the taper tantrum in 2013. Yep. Uh, in 2016, we'd ha- we've had interest rates on, on, on the 10-year U.S. Treasuries crossing above 3%, and that created a little bit of a, of a, a scare. And this year, again, uh, U.S. interest rates, because they are moving up uh, or and, and are seen to be moving up in, in an uncontrollable manner because of, let's say, inflation, whether that's transitory or not, um, that is bringing the return on EM debt to the negative side. So like in 2013 and 16, uh, the, you know, we, we have lots of issues going around within the emerging debt uh, credits, but it's not that which is bringing sure. the negative n- number, it's EUS interest rates. And I think that that's really positive because as soon as we have some stability on the interest rate front, and, and I think a lot is priced in, so we have to just hope that, uh, that inflation is transitory, right? Uh, then we'll be back to that comfortable, I don't know if I could call it Goldilocks scenario where we have relatively low or at least you know, maybe a little bit higher, but stable US rates. And that will allow the asset class to, to shine again. So I think that's the positive sign. Absolutely. Okay. Well, so I always hate doing this because I feel like I'm always picking holes. Where's the negative side? We've got a whole thing. We've got, as we speak, Argentina have got midterms on Sunday. Belarus is still in trouble. You mentioned to me before we came on the call, Ghana's even got issues. Ghana's been sort of a, a surprise package, a positive one. Where are you most worried about at the moment? Well, I'm not too worried about what's happening in Argentina, uh, nor in Ghana. Um, uh, you know, but, but these, are, these are issues that we all have to focus on. And I always like to, like to say uh, that, you know, I, 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 I follow these issues, right? Um, so, for example, in Ghana, we had drops of 15 points on certain bonds um, because all of a sudden there's the issue of whether the Ghanaians will be able to pay back their, their debt, the interest on the debt. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think that that's an important point because I think the market's taken that wrongly, but, but I'm happy that it's done. It's, it's brought some opportunities. And, and why is that? Well, number one. Uh, they do have over 11 billion in foreign currency reserves. It just came out in August, uh, and that's more than sufficient to pay uh, whatever they have to pay in 2022. So we're not talking about uh, gonna be in an imminent uh, danger of default. Um, so, but of course, you know, since everybody has been long gonna, it's been a, one of the darlings of the market 
Uh, and, you know, that's also obviously brought a, a little concern, I think, on the risk management side. Uh, maybe, maybe people have been told to, to lower positions. But again, you know, it's, we've had a drop of 15 points and then we had a move back up about three or four points. So I, I, I think that, you know, as always, people are looking for an opportunity to profit. And, and I would say uh, there probably was uh, an attempt to do that in pushing prices down. And there probably will be an opportunity when prices go back up. Okay. But we have to see the budget, which is coming next week. The president seems to have gone or is planning on going on vacation for a couple or for, a seven, for about a week. Um, it, so Perfect we never timing. Know. Perfect timing. Uh, you know, the previous president's been going around and, and claiming that the current president is, is not a great uh, manager uh, of the economy. So, yeah, nice to keep an, a, a look on. But, you know, you know, it's from these events that you get opportunities. Well, of course. I mean, I mean, my wife always makes fun of me because apparently every time I talk about emerging markets, I say the emerging markets are volatile. And that's usually my stock phrase. But if we were yes. pinpointing where the volatility is at the moment, would Ghana be something to be worried Definitely. about? Okay. We've seen that. We've seen uh, drops on Egyptian bonds and dollars also. That's another, let's say, crowded trade. Yeah. Um, you know, people are a little bit worried, but because obviously Egypt has had a reduction in tourism uh, because of COVID. But, you know, we're, we're having a turnaround. I've got friends in the office in London who are going going to work as as if nothing had happened. Yeah. Um, I have been in the office here in Brazil since I've I've landed here. Uh, unfortunately, including weekends. Um, but. You know, it's. I think this is this is the way you know of the future. If you if you want to have uh, on a corporate level, if you want to have solutions, you need to be able to tap somebody on the shoulder and, and ask a question without having to book an appointment on Zoom or another. Well, uh, yeah, as platform. we've proven with my poor planning of these podcasts, chasing each other on WhatsApp and Zoom is a lot harder than if you're sat on a desk over from somebody and you can just say, "What do you think of this idea? Have you got these numbers?" That makes things so much quicker and easier. Exactly. I think we I think we're going back there. So and, and fairly soon. So so okay, we, we talked about Ghana, right? Uh, where were we? Yep, so Ghana and then I think we were I'll make a note. We were gonna jump on to Belarus. Yeah, okay. Well let's leave that for last because that's interesting. Okay. So so yeah, Argentina is another one that we, we talked about uh, before the call. It's uh, it's a funny situation. They have, they've had the PASO, right, which is the predicting prediction of you know, the early half half uh, term elections. Yeah, uh, they will have elections in twenty three. Well, the situation in Argentina clearly is not in the government's favor. Uh, we've got a funny setup because we've got President Fernandes, who you know some people might call a lame duck. Who knows? Uh, and some people think that uh, Christina Kirchner, the VP, actually runs the show. Uh, but I'm not quite sure if that's really the case. I think that I think that they're going to lose a lot of uh, a lot of seats. They were uh, in the in the in the run up. They were 10 percent behind the opposition. Um, and and I guess the issue, you know, there the question is how badly they lose the elections on Sunday. And if they lose it really badly, uh, the government could be placed in a position where it has to act somehow. Uh, and and what, what that means is either Christina is going to try to stab uh, the president in 
obviously in 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 uh, not really yeah yeah uh or the president is going to try to 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 lean on on more center uh parts of the government i mean we don't know if they're going to go in favor of the imf or against the imf uh but that will all be interesting to see uh, you know, we'll be interested to see what happens uh, until March 22, because that's when they've got some payments to make to the IMF. Um, but I would bet that either we're going to have a very extreme change um, or they would just go around and make a deal and pay the IMF because they need to. Uh, and they feel the, the danger of, of being kicked out of office. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a wide range. Yeah. Um, and obviously... Asset prices have already this week dropped a little bit, uh, and they're they're expecting volatility. Um, there, you know, I think Argentina is a longer-term play for anyone. So if you're in RG, I don't think you should expect to get any any huge returns. And well, it may be that, as a friend of mine says, it's dead money for a while. You know, yeah. um, it's dead money, but just, with the potential to be resurrected at some point. Yeah, I mean, according to an interesting friend of mine, I, I like to, you know, to, to quote my friends, uh, you know, it's a, you know, on the issue of debt money. I mean, since they've restructured, bonds have only gone down. And the only time they've gone up is when they've had the paso and the government looked like it was going to lose. So, so this is a big crystal ball moment in which we can't predict, really, sure. you know. Um, okay. Belarus, just quickly, I realize I've taken up quite a bit of your time and I realize this is a big topic to fit in quite quickly, but where are we with Belarus? What should we be worried about? Yeah, Belarus is, 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 is probably, it's either very big or, or irrelevant, right? Uh, Lukashenko has been making comments about uh, blocking the, the transfer of gas and oil to Poland and then obviously to Germany, um, and that scares people. As we're getting close to the to the winter, uh, to winter. But um, I I I try to think of what's happening in the area. We've got that. Then we've got George, uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Right. We've had the Crimean event, and what I'm noticing is that the U.S. or the you know the the West, if you want to call it that, has been really uh, getting bitten bit by bit. Um, by Russia and China, China on the Taiwan issue, um, where I've heard a very creative uh, proposal this week uh, in which it was claimed that maybe the Chinese will uh, make an offer to the Taiwanese that they can't refuse and eventually it will be, you know, one China. Yeah, of course. Yeah, which which is an intelligent uh, uh, solution and and would be an elegant one if, if that ended up happening. Uh, but but then I see on the Chinese side, so so that's you know the Chinese winning, you know, in the game of war, quote unquote, you know, we, we'd see the Chinese winning. And then I, I also wonder what's happening on the Russian border, because we see these issues with Belarus, we see the issues with uh, with Ukraine, you know, with with the the troops around there. Um, it's not quite clear to me where it's going. I think probably we've seen the worst. Uh, you know, we've seen the 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 flares coming up, and again, Lukashenko making these comments. Bonds have dropped, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, there might be sanctions out there. I, I think that 
in the end, there might not be anything happening. But we, again, we never know. And so I like to look at this. I mean, from a historical perspective, it, it's quite interesting to think of, you know, the Soviet Union. Um, and and a, a funny point that a lot of, I don't hear anybody talking about, I don't see this on, on the big papers, um, which is that Putin's been in power for a while. Yeah. I mean, since I've been managing money, I think he's been running the country. So at some point, we have to start thinking about what will happen. Uh, is it likely that he finds a solution to, you know, to, to find a successor? So maybe what we're seeing now is the chess game in order to lead to that. So, so I guess, you know, from a, an investment return point of view, it's, I'm not too concerned, uh, but I am curious to, uh, to, 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 to understand where we're going, because sometimes we don't know until we get there. What a great philosophical point to end on. Thank you very much, Raphael. Curiosity will win out. Thank you, as always, for taking the time. Always good to talk to you. It's always a pleasure, Chris. All the best, man. Until next time. Take care.